listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. As I, uh, I was getting up this morning, um, I don't even know why. I honestly don't even know why. Sometimes these things will um, just pop up in my spirit. And I know it's the Holy Ghost because um, these last few times where I've felt to just do series, I was blown away by how many um, people would send messages um, that this is the exact thing that they were dealing with. You know, um, we dealt with the one total victory over discouragement, anxiety, heaviness, things like that. And uh, man, we got so many messages. And every time there's been something like that, where I've felt to just do a certain thing, I know it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. So many people uh, will write in and talk about uh, what they've been going through and how much they needed that teaching from the Word of God. So I know it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. I thought it was odd because, <clears throat> as I said when I texted you this morning, I've never <clears throat> done a teaching that I could remember on this subject ever. I can't remember ever, ever teaching on this. And so it was kind of odd because it's not even something that um, I started studying, you know, in my private prayer time or study time devotions. I wasn't even studying about this. It's like, when I opened my eyes this morning and started getting ready for the day, this thought process literally just leapt into my into my spirit. And then the, the Lord just started taking me through and giving me all these, these different areas. So I just quickly wrote them down. Uh, and I'm going to give you six things today. So obviously it's something that the Holy Spirit wants you to hear. I don't know what it is that you're dealing with in your life or what's going on, but... Obviously, it's something the Holy Spirit wants you to hear and know and understand how to deal with. Um, it obviously becomes very important as you're pursuing the thing that God's called you to do, your purpose, your calling. And uh, so I'm going to give you that today. Good morning, Caitlin. Everybody's headed up to the fire week for the youth. Very excited. It's going to be amazing. They have over 7,000 students registered for fire week at Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's in Tampa, 7,000 plus. And we're sending people from uh, Miracle Word Church as well. I think 14 students plus all the parents. Morning, John Puma, Julie Sullivan. Share this broadcast, guys, because um, obviously this is something that the Holy Ghost wanted me to teach or else that wouldn't have jumped in my spirit and the Lord leading me through all these uh, places. But um, I'm going to give you six things that will help you today to identify um, a Judas, you know, if, if you're, if you're wondering like, what is that? What are you talking about? Obviously Judas was one of Jesus 12 disciples. And, uh, if you know anything about the Bible, I'm sure, you know, he's the one who betrayed Jesus. And, um, as I was looking in the Bible today, we I was able to locate, um, what the Lord led me to. I just wrote them down as soon as he gave them to me and, uh, I'll take you to the passages, but I'm going to start Morning, Ashley. I'm going to start um, in John chapter 12. And um, I want to read you this. I'll give you these six things and show you how to deal with it. Because obviously, as you're on the way to accomplish the thing that God has for you to accomplish, there will be people that will try to, and, and sent by the enemy, to try to stop you from doing what you've been called to do. Don't allow it to happen. Don't allow it to happen. The thing that you've been called to do is far too important for you to allow it to be short-circuited by somebody sent by the enemy to stop you and to hold you back in, in your purpose and in your calling. So I'll give you these. I mean, you remember the story of Nehemiah? And he had that desire to rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. And he began in the process. And when he did, immediately... People came to try to get him down off the wall. 
to try to stop him from accomplishing the purpose. That's what happens. Anytime you have a purpose and a call upon your life, then there are people that the enemy sends to try to stop you from what you've been called to do. And you've got to be able to identify that. Not just anybody should have access to your life. You've got to be able to identify that. So uh, specifically today, I'm going to give you these six ways or methods to identify what a Judas in your life looks like. And it's not like Jesus didn't know. He knew. But of course, it was all prophesied, and so it had to come to pass. But I'm in John chapter 12, and um, I want to start with this passage where Mary is anointing Jesus at Bethany. And um, of course, you know, she takes that jar of expensive perfume and breaks it open and anoints uh, Jesus' body, of course, for his burial. Judas uh, is totally bent out of shape by this. So I'll start reading in verse 4 and verse 5. In fact, let me start with verse 3. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard. What I wouldn't give for some pure nard. <laughs> That struck me so funny. <laughs> what I wouldn't give for some pure nard right now. Um, with pure nard. <laughs> and by the way, if you're if you're watching live, please put some of these put some of these uh, references in the comments for those that watch. People no 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 never fails. People are like, oh, what scripture is that again? Help me out if you would. It's Gospel of John chapter twelve. And I'm reading from verses three through six. You're just trying to get some pure nard. Um, <laughs> I'm have to stop down at the booth. Y'all got any pure nard here? Um, she she broke it open. It was pure nard, and she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Verse four, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? So let me stop right there. The first sign of a Judas in your life is that they have a problem with what you have and the blessings that you receive. That's number one. If you're taking notes, mark that down. The first sign of a Judas in your life is that they have a problem with what you have and with the blessings that you receive. Things come into your life, things come into your hand, things come into your business, things come into your ministry. Brother Lennox, it's great to see you on today. I'm so happy you're on. We love you and your wife. They have a problem with what you have with your and the blessings you receive. That's sign number one of a Judas in your life. Somebody that gets bent out of shape when they see you getting blessed or they see what you already are blessed with. And then they start making comments. You know, they'll start making comments. I'll tell you something. I would never make comments about the level, and I'm talking about negative derogatory comments, about the level of somebody's blessing. You'll never hear me doing it. People in the body of Christ can't be blessed enough for me. I mean that. People in the body of Christ could not be blessed enough for me. I, I I look at Christians, I look at preachers, and I think to myself, I never look and say, oh, I can't, I just saw so and so got this. I mean, I can't believe it. I can't believe they got another thing. Didn't they just, you know, I, I never, I can't imagine feeling like that. The body of Christ can't be blessed enough for me. If every person in my church 
rode to church every Sunday morning in a Rolls Royce, it would not be too much. It would not be too much. I mean that. I'm not being funny. If every person in Miracle Word Church drove to church and parked in the parking lot and they were all Rolls Royces, it would it would not be too much. I would not be up there preaching. Some of y'all out there with these Rolls Royces and you need to be worried. It's like, I'm not, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine living like that. I can't imagine feeling like that, that somebody gets blessed that I know is a brother or sister in Christ and I have a problem with them getting blessed. I can't imagine that. And there are people like that. They'll make comments. You know, how many, how many people already make comments? I mean, there's probably, there's people that make comments about me all the time. You know, there's people that make comments about other ministers. I can't believe he flies around in a plane, private plane. I can't believe he drives whatever, Mercedes or Cadillac. I, I can't believe he's got a whatever. Who cares? You don't know what they've sown to get where they are. That's the biggest thing people don't, don't realize. It doesn't happen randomly. You don't know what they've sown to get where they are. I would never speak in a derogatory manner about my brother or sister in Christ's blessing. I want you to be more blessed than you are now. Amen. I'm praying. Listen, I'm, I'm praying over my church the same way that I heard Bishop Oyedepo pray over his church. He said, Lord, if you won't bless them, don't bless me. Think about that. If you won't bless them, don't bless me wants to see the people blessed so much. Lord, if you won't bless them, don't bless me. And I, I, it could never be too much in my opinion. And I'm, I'm pushing that direction. The people of our church are gonna be so blessed that they'll be a spectacle. I said it on Sunday. They will be a spectacle. Amen. Absolutely. And so, when you see that, I'm just warning you, when you see that in your life, where somebody starts to take issue with what you have or the blessings that come to you from God, mark that down. Mark that down. That's a big sign that someone has the same type of spirit internally as Judas does. And I'm not talking about a demon spirit. I'm just saying, that are operating under that same personality trait, that same characteristic as Judas who betrayed Jesus, had an issue with seeing Jesus get blessed and had an issue with things coming to Christ. And it's exactly right, Jennifer. People have no clue what people have done. Yeah, and that's right, Zach said, you know, just because one Christian gets blessed doesn't mean another Christian can. There's not limited resources. It's, you know, I hear people talk like that. I hear people talk like there's limited resources. Like if you're blessed, you should have given that up so that people, the other people could have something. It doesn't work like that. You know, it's, it, I'm not just blessed, but because I'm blessed, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars go to those that are in need. But let me tell you something. If I was not blessed, and if our ministry was not blessed, there would be no money to go to those in need. That's how it works. You've got to have an overflow. And so people say, well, because the people do the same thing today. Nice watch you got on there, brother. How many hungry people do you think that could feed if you sold that? It's like, I don't need to sell it to feed the hungry people. I'm already giving thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to feed those that are in need. In fact, I would put our giving up against anybody's. Any person that's critical, I would put my, let's, here's the, here's the thought. Let's break our giving statements out because I can guarantee you people that talk like that, people that live like that, they're not givers anyway. Yeah. Jessica Burton said, you can sell your Walmart watch and feed them too. Get them a little cracker and a little piece of cheese. And I would put my giving statement up against anybody because the people that talk like that are people that really don't do anything anyway. 
they don't do anything anyway. They just want you doing it. They just don't want you having anything because they have the same type of spirit Judas had. And they don't, they don't want you to be blessed. They just don't like that you're blessed and they're not, right? And so uh, they'll make all this nice watch. You got, oh, that's a beautiful car. Imagine what you could, uh, you know, if you gave. Somebody tried to give me a hard time one time because I stood up for these ministers that own these, own these jets. And they try to give me a hard time. Do you know they could save a whole lot of money if they just flew commercial and then they took that extra money and gave it to the poor? I said, and I want you to think about this. I said, do you believe that if a principle is true, then it's true no matter what scenario we're in? They said, yeah, I believe if a, a principle is true, it's true at a large scale, it's true at a small scale. I said, good, then we're on the same page. So if what you're saying is true, that they should sell their planes and give the excess money to the poor and then fly commercial or whatever, take a train, take a car, then that principle is true at every level, which means, and I, this was the question I asked them next. I said, do you wear, do you buy and wear name brand sneakers like Nikes or, you know, anything like that? Well, yeah, I have that. Oh, really? How much do those running shoes cost? Well, I pay about $100, $120, you know, thinking like I'm comparing $120 to a $60 million jet. I said, oh, really? So here's a question for you. Why don't you, why don't you sell those shoes or just quit buying shoes like that and only buy uh, shoes from Walmart or from the Salvation Army and give the excess money to the poor? Do you live in a home? Yes. Couldn't you live in a smaller place or a tiny apartment and then give your mortgage payment, the rest of it to feed the poor? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's And then you see that, oh, the principle's true at every level and at every scale. And the people that talk like that don't even live like that. They don't even live like that. In fact, if you think about it, the very best thing you could do is be blessed abundantly more than your needs so that you can be a blessing to your generation. The very best thing you could do is to be blessed. And that's God's plan, obviously. But see, the the way Judas felt, no, I don't like it. I don't like seeing Jesus get blessed. I don't like seeing what he has. I don't like seeing things come to him in that way. They, they feel like, like that about you. But if they are, now here's his point number two. That's right, Kevin, double standard. Point number two, if they do come to Jesus, or if they do come to you, Judas didn't mind stealing from Jesus. Mark that out. That's point number two, how to identify that Judas type spirit, that, that person in your life. They don't mind stealing from you. They don't mind stealing from you. That's number two. The very next verse, which is Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse six, Judas said this, not because he cared about the poor, here it is, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. So there you go. There you go. The reason he wants to sell the, sell the pure nard, <laughs> he wants to sell it. Why? He doesn't care about blessing the poor. He wants the proceeds going into the money bag because he's got the charge of the money bag and he wanted to reach his hand in and steal the money for himself. Because why? He used to help himself to what was put into it. So he's commonly helping himself to what's put in the money bag. He doesn't mind stealing from Jesus. And let me tell you something, and I mean this. If he didn't mind stealing from Jesus, there will be people that have no problem stealing from you. If he didn't mind stealing from Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, and he believed he was the Messiah, then there will be people who have no problem stealing from you. Say, so what do you mean by that? It doesn't always have to be money. I'm going to tell you something. There will be people that will steal your time. 
There'll be people that steal your joy and steal your peace. They don't care. They don't care about protecting the boundaries of your life. They don't care about your privacy. They don't care that you have other things going on. They'll steal from you. They'll steal precious time. They'll steal, and they may steal money. <laughs> I'm not putting it past them. They may steal money from you. What about the extreme, excessive moochers? Always taking what you have. Market. They're, they're willing to mooch all the time, willing to steal. You go out to every time you go out to dinner, they don't even reach for their wallet. They don't even reach for it. They just assume you're going to pay for them every time you go out. Every time. Watch it. They have no problem taking from you, taking your time, taking your resources, taking. That's what, they, that's what, what that spirit does. It takes and takes, has no problem taking. Yeah, has no problem taking. Watch out for it. And I mean, if I had you lift your hands in the comments section, there's people all through this broadcast that you can obviously, you're probably already thinking about people in your life that have done this or are currently doing this. It's like, yeah, I don't really have a desire for that. <laughs> I don't want that in my life. And it's like, why do you feel so comfortable stealing? Why do you feel so comfortable mooching all the time? I, I can't stand that. I can't stand that. Hey, let me get a little bit of that. Hey, can I get some of that? Hey, can I, people inviting themselves in, ingratiating themselves. You know, I, I can't stand that. That's not a generous spirit. That's a, a, a selfish spirit, which um, leads me to number three. And you need to mark this. This is the third sign of a Judas. Keep your eyes open for this because you'll see it. You'll see it happen. Because one of the signs is people who have a love of money. Watch for that. A love of money. That's the third sign. When you locate that in somebody, watch out for it. Watch out for that. Say, so why, why should I be watching out for that? I'm going to tell you why. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, the Bible says the love of money is a root of, of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves themselves with many pangs. There's nothing wrong with uh there's nothing wrong with having money, being blessed, being wealthy. Nothing wrong with that. Where it gets wrong is when you have a love of money. A love of money. Karen said, can someone steal a prophetic word that God gives us and make it theirs? No. Because God's not an idiot. He didn't give it to them. He gave it to you. <laughs> Can't steal someone's prophetic word. A love of money. <clears throat> it reveals greed. It reveals selfishness. When you see that in a person, be careful because... The Bible says that love for money or that love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. So when somebody has a love of money, they'll start to do anything to get money, even evil things, even evil things. That's where you. See, that's why you see people going. You know why? If if you grew up in a, in a rough area where you don't have access, you know, to good education, because why would I try to press through? When I could literally uh, sell drugs, if I could sell drugs and make the kind of money I need to make, if I, you know, if I can get involved in a criminal lifestyle, because why? Because what's put in front of people's faces, we're marketed to on a daily basis. If I could do that, I can have all the things I want. I can live the way I want. 
I can have the car. I can have the clothes. I can have everything, the watches, the jewelry. I can have everything I want. And all I have to do is this, which is so much easier for me. They love money so much they're willing to do anything to get it. There's preachers that have done this. And as a result, they have uh, embezzled from their own ministries, not to mention stealing from other people's ministries. Oh, yeah. Because when you have a love of money, it's the root of every kind of evil. It's dangerous, man. All the evils that the devil wants to throw into your life. And so watch it. When you have people that are so enamored with things all the time, they're enamored with things. I mean, put your hand up in the comments if you know somebody like that. You don't have to say their name, but they're enamored with things, things, things. Very enamored. You can see it. Enamored with things, 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 things. Can I tell you something that'll help you? That's why engaging in seed time and harvest is such a vital thing. That's why sowing seeds is such a vital thing. Because one of the things it does when you become that generous sower is that it ensures that the love of money will never overtake your life. It ensures that um, greed and selfishness will not overtake your life. Because what I'm showing the Lord through my giving is, Lord, it doesn't matter. You know, tithing's a test of your heart and giving's a test of your heart. It's me saying, Lord, I don't care how high you raise me in life. I don't care how high you raise me in life. It will never be too much that I won't still put you first in all things. In fact, there's nothing you could put in my hand that I would not release to somebody else. If you told me to give it, it's gone. It's gone. The Lord's been doing that with me for my entire life. And you, those of you that watch this broadcast often, you follow our ministry, you know that I'm a watch guy. I like watches. But I'll tell you, as much as they've come in to my life, because I've sown them, they go out. They go out from my life. I had somebody give me a beautiful, beautiful Breitling watch. I loved it. I mean, it really was, you know, not inordinately because I gave it away. But I mean, the, the moment the Lord told me to sew that watch to someone, it's out the door. I didn't say, well, maybe this month when I think about it. No, I walked into my bedroom that moment, that moment. Got it, put it in the box, brought it, and took it to that person and said, the Lord told me very clearly to give you this. You give me that? Yeah, I'm giving it to you. And I've done it over and over and over and over. Because I'm showing the Lord, I don't care. I'm not the end of the blessing stream. I'm not a pond filled with pond scum that all everything flows into me and then it stops here because I'm a, you know, I, I don't have any movement to my life in giving. No. No. I'm a river. I'm a river. Which means it may come into my life, it can flow right out of my life because I'm a river of blessing. There'll never be anything that's too much. That's beautiful, Paul. There, there'll never be anything that's too much that the Lord puts it in my life. And they say, oh, I can't give that away. That's too much. I mean, I, I can't ever release that. There'll never be even an amount of money. There'll never. That's why I'm constantly pushing to give larger amounts of money. This year, we did it twice. This year, I believe we matched the largest offering <clears throat> that we'd ever given in the history of our lives. And then a couple months later, if not a month later, we doubled it. <laughs> we doubled it. Yeah, that's right, Emily. We don't want pond scum. I'm not going to be so stagnant in my lifestyle of giving that that 
pawn scum can build up over my life. I'm constantly flowing, constantly giving. And so after we gave the largest amount we'd ever given and then matched it, I believe it was like one month later that we doubled it. And this year's been a sowing year. We've given like crazy. We've given like crazy. And the harvest is just going to keep coming back in. That's how you can identify that and then ensure it'll never be me in Jesus' name because I refuse to live a life of greed and selfishness. I'm going to live a life that's pleasing to God where things don't have a hold on me. That's like the rich young ruler wanted to follow Jesus. And, and he said, what do I need to do to follow you? He said, you just need to uh, follow the commandments. He said, which ones? And, he, and then he said, I've done that since I was a little boy. What else do I need to do? He said, well, sell all you have, give it to the poor. That's the only man in the whole Bible that was ever told to do that. That's not a requirement for every Christian. That was just for that man because Jesus had an understanding. This is what's holding you back from being a disciple. And the man went away sorrowful because he had many possessions. Matthew 19. So understand that. Don't allow that to be a, a stronghold. And when you see somebody that it is a stronghold, mark it. And understand, <clears throat> this may be where they're coming from. Number four, the fourth sign, fourth sign, the person has no problem betraying you, speaking against you, working against you, and sometimes they may even justify it. Well, I didn't think what you did was right, and so I, okay, the person, number four, has no problem betraying you. And by that, I do mean speaking against you, working against you. They got no problem with it. And then you like confront them about it and they, they'll come up with reasons as to why they were, they were justified to do that. It's like, really? Really? Got no problem with it. And, and here's something that this is somebody very close to Jesus. This is the inner circle. This is the 12. This is the 12. This is not the 70. This is the 12. And he was willing and had no problem betraying Jesus. <laughs> I heard I don't I don't know if this there's I don't know if there's a biblical ratio to it. But I heard a preacher say one time one out of every 12 will betray you. I don't know if that's a biblical ratio, but you do need to keep your eyes open. Yeah, Brian said, and then they'll say, well, I, did, I didn't have a choice. I had to do it. Oh, really? That's why, let me tell you, when you have true covenant friendships, guard those. They mean a lot. They mean a lot. When you have true covenant friendships, guard them. Guard them. They mean a lot. I'm actually referencing here Luke chapter 22, verses 3 through 6. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was one of the number of the twelve. And he went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray Jesus to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. There it is again, love of money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the, in the absence of a crowd. Luke 22, verses 3 through 6. That's right, Liz, you do. We have covenant relationships in the Victory Tribe. We have covenant relationships at Miracle Word Church. Amen. But be careful. If you have somebody, that's why, listen, I forgive. If you've made, if you, I do what the Bible says. If you've committed a sin against me, my brother, you know, my sister, I'll, I'll forgive. I got no problem forgiving you. But any person with any kind of wisdom, they'll forgive you. But then they're going to be very wary until you've proven yourself loyal again. They're going to be very wary of you until you've shown yourself to be faithful. But then if you've done it two and three times, listen, I'm going to forgive you. 
The Bible commands me. Jesus, the disciples said, how often should we forgive a brother that sins against us? You know, seven times? He said, no, 70 times seven. 490 times in one day. One day. So I'm going to forgive you, no question. But then, you know, if it's the second or third time you've burnt me, you're probably not going to get the same access to me <laughs> that you uh, had before. You're not going to get the same access. You used to have access, but you burnt that bridge. Now, I love you, and I forgive you for doing it, but I'm also not going to continue to extend you the same access to my life that you had pre previously because I'm, I'm, I'm full of grace, I'm full of mercy, but I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. And so you have to watch that. People have no problem betraying you, speaking against you, working against you. See, that's why I've been harping on this. Unity, and especially unity among the brothers. That's why the psalmist wrote how good and pleasant it is when the brothers dwell together in unity. There's strength in unity. And the devil brings division to the body of Christ. The devil does that. It's wicked. It's wicked. That's why I can't stand that spirit that works behind the scenes to manipulate and control and bring division. It's wickedness. It'll send you to hell. It'll send you to hell because God hates that. He hates it. He hates it. So you watch for it. People that have no problem betraying you, speaking against you, working against you. Watch for it. And then guard yourself against it. Don't give them access. Don't give them access. And then number five, number five, the person manifests worldly sorrow instead of godly sorrow. I'm going to show you this from the Bible. They manifest worldly sorrow versus godly sorrow. Just put number five, worldly sorrow versus godly sorrow. Let me explain to you what that means and what it looks like. Judas betrayed Jesus, yes, but he wasn't the only one to betray Jesus. If you remember in the New Testament, Peter also betrayed Christ. He said, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll never deny you. Oh, yes, you will. Oh, yes, you will. But though Judas and Peter both betrayed Jesus, the way they reacted to their failure was very different. Very different. Peter, what was he? Repentant. Peter was repentant. He was he had he showed godly sorrow. He showed godly sorrow. Forgive me. Oh Lord. He felt the contrite heart, the penitent heart. He repented. But not Judas. Judas was different. Judas fell deeper into worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow. What did he do? He began to he began to feel the heaviness, feel the depression, take on the victim mentality until what did he do? Killed himself. Killed himself. There's a difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. And uh, you can see it. When these people are confronted, this is the point I'm making. When the people that have no problem betraying you, have no problem speaking against you, have no problem working against you, when they're confronted, watch the reaction to the confrontation. Watch the reaction to the confrontation. If they, if they pop out and start giving all these excuses and start playing the victim and start getting, well, uh, you know, manipulate your emotions by getting depressed themselves and getting, well, I guess you just think I'm no good. And, uh, and they start turning it, going down the path of worldly sorrow. Oh, it's a sign, my friend. It's a sign, my friend. They start twisting it and turning it and manipulating it and trying to make you feel bad for something they did. Oh, it's a sign, my friend. Watch it. Watch it. You know.
like someone said earlier, they'll say, well, I had no choice. And, you know, I just, oh, and then they always turn it and then they become the victim. And they're the one that wants you to feel bad for them. They're the one that made the mistake, not you. But it's worldly sorrow. It's worldly sorrow. It's not godly sorrow. So how can you identify it? There's no repentance. They don't come back. I was wrong. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I should never have done that. I should never have said that. <laughs> and somebody somebody just put in the comments, yeah, and, and I love when somebody makes a snarky comment that says, I'm just kidding. Loosen up. What's your problem? You know, we know you meant it. We know you meant it. But you see what I'm saying? You come back from the confrontation, and it's either, you know, oh, come on, loosen up, or they try to manipulate you into being sorry for them somehow. There's no repentance. There's no sorrow. I'm sorry. I, I can't believe that I, I damaged our relationship that way. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I, I, I should not have said that. I should not have done that. Yeah, and Jessica said sometimes there, there's an apology, but then there's always a, yeah, but you, well, I'm sorry I did that, but you know what you always do? It's like, okay, okay. And it, it does seem like that sometimes, Alice. When these types of people betray you, it seems they always blame you and point the finger. Yep, and there's the get over it, you know. Okay, if that's the way you want to be, you're revealing to me who you are. You're revealing to me who you are. And I'm not going to, I am not going to continue to give myself to that relationship. I remember when my best friend in college told me I was being dramatic for crying because freshman year, she was gone in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's right. Retaliation complaints. I mean, if that's the way you want to be, I get it. It's going to limit us because I'm not living that way. I'm not living like that for anything or anyone. So you have to watch it. Number This is number six, and I'll give you this final one. We'll pray. Mark somebody when you can clearly see that they live a hypocritical lifestyle. That's number six. Mark somebody when you can see clearly that they live a hypocritical lifestyle. That's what Judas did. Disciple on the outside, betrayer on the inside. That's who he was. Disciple on the outside, thief on the inside. Watch for it. Watch for it. You know, Nancy said, what if it's a leadership person? Watch for it. I wouldn't put myself under leadership like that. I'm, I'm not going to put myself under that. kind. Why would I put myself under hypocritical leadership? I don't want that. And I, I say market because, you know, sometimes people will use the excuse of, well, look at the good things, that, you know, look at what I'm producing in my life, you know. And you may see some, there may be some positive things uh, coming in from their life because God wants to use everybody. God really does. And the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God is just looking for people that'll uh, be used, be yielded. But there needs to be fruit, consistent fruit of righteousness. You know, Judas was one of the ones that went out and saw people healed and demons cast out. They came back telling the whole, the 12 came back telling Jesus, even the devils are subject unto us. Judas was one of the 70 that returned telling Jesus all that they'd done. And Jesus said to them, don't rejoice that demons are subject unto you, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life, which means that at one point, Judas' name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and he lost that. That's why you have to keep a handle on how you live. You have to keep a handle. 
That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27, I put my body under on a daily basis so that after having preached to other people, I myself will not become a castaway. The uh, the, um, King James says, other translations say, a reprobate, others disqualified. So what, what he's saying is, I'll keep my body under daily so that I don't become disqualified at the end of my life. Judas was disqualified. And so when you when you find somebody, now especially you start seeing all of these things manifesting in their life, you start seeing all of these things manifesting, that's a sign to you. This is this is not good. Run from this. And you know what happens? There are people that don't, they won't separate because they're more worried about having to deal with confrontation than they are what negative things will come from allowing this relationship to continue. And that's dangerous because I would rather rip the Band-Aid off and have the confrontation than I would to open myself up to problem after problem because of a Judas that I'm dealing with that I won't deal with. And so again, when you're looking at these, when you're looking at these six things, and if you came on a little bit late, number one, they have a problem with what you have and the blessings you receive. Number two, they don't mind stealing from you even excessive mooching from your life. Number three, they they have a love of money and they're enamored with things. Number four, they don't have any problem betraying you, speaking against you, working against you. Number five, they manifest worldly sorrow rather than godly sorrow. And number six, they live a hypocritical lifestyle. If if, if that is uh, something you're seeing consistently, watch out. Watch out. Uh, Brian Nicole Caudill says, I'm avoiding, I'm not avoiding you, I'm teaching. You have a question. Many today say they're not perfect either. How do you discern? Yes, but just because you're not perfect doesn't mean that you can't obey the word of God. That's not an excuse. People have self-control. Um, you're anointed. And I'm talking, we're dealing with Christians here. I'm talking about Christians. When you, when you have people that say, well, you know, brother, nobody's perfect. Yeah, but if it, just because nobody's perfect, I'm not betraying people. And I'm not claiming to be a perfect person, but I'm not out betraying everybody. You know, it takes actual work to betray someone. It takes actual work. Judas just, I, did, I accidentally betrayed you today, Lord. No, he didn't accidentally betray Jesus. Like, oh, what a mistake I made. That was such an accident. He went to find these people and make a deal with them and agreed on a certain amount of money. And then they agreed together to pay him. He said, I'll do it. Then it took more work because he had to lead the guards to where Jesus was. It was in his heart. It's not some accident. It's not an accident. And so, you know, it takes actual work to do these things. And if you're, you know, it's not... I'm not telling you if somebody made one mistake in their life. I'm not saying if somebody made one mistake in their life, cut them off forever. I'm saying when you see a pattern of people that constantly are angry when you're blessed or are constantly stealing from you or are constantly uh, uh, living with a love of money, that are constantly uh, walking in that way of uh, uh, greed and um you know, you're just constantly seeing people that are working against you. Talk, you know, if 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 I if I've uncovered, that's why I said a moment ago. Like if if you you know if you had a, a down day and you said something you didn't mean, whatever. I get it, I get it. No problem. I'll forgive you. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm making room for one another's faults, like the Bible says to do. I get it. But if there's like three, four things that I uncover that you've that you've been saying about me over and over, telling people behind my back. 
or lying about me, or if there's three or four instances where you over a period of time have shown yourself that this is your character, this is your nature, that's different. That's different. And Dorothy, there are all kinds of reasons why somebody may, that prompt people, fleshly reasons why prompt people to do these things. She said, can they be envious of the calling of God in your life? Very possible. But there may be many reasons why they do these things, but the key is they do these things. And so I'm, I'm warning you because obviously the Holy Spirit has me on this today because people obviously need what, what this is providing for you, but uh, it's vital. Your calling, your purpose is vital. Don't ever take it lightly. Don't ever feel like it's a small thing. It's a vital thing. It's a vital thing. What you're called to do in the kingdom of God is essential. If you treat it like it's small, then you'll just allow these things to go on. If you treat it like it's little, you'll just allow these, these things to remain. But look at it the way God looks at it. And you might be at a smaller place right now. But remember, you have to be faithful over a little before he will make you ruler over much. And so don't look at it and say, well, I'm not that important or what I'm doing is not that big of a deal. No, it is. It is that big of a deal. It is important. You're important. And so I want you to hear that today. You have to guard yourself against those that the enemy sends to destroy your purpose and your calling. And ultimately, they may try to destroy your life. They may try to destroy your life. And they would if it's from the enemy. That's the goal. That's the goal. And so I'm believing with you today that no matter what the enemy sends, I'm going to pray this over you today and believe with me. Join your faith with me. That no matter what the enemy sends, it will not succeed in your life. Father, I come to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you for every member of the Victory Tribe. And I thank you that no matter what the devil has planned to come against their life, their family, their business, their ministry, it will not prosper in Jesus' name. We will not be destroyed by the plans of the enemy. We will not be destroyed by the plans of the enemy. We thank you, Lord, that we can quickly identify. In fact, Lord, I pray that you would give us supernatural insight into what's going on behind the scenes, that we would not, that we would not be unaware of the traps and the plans of the enemy, but Lord, that we would know by the Holy Spirit, by a word of knowledge, by a word of wisdom, of what's going on, what is taking place, what's happening, and let us be guarded. I think you're putting a wall of protection around your people, keeping us from every wicked thing. We thank you for that today. We give you praise for using us for your glory. In Jesus' wonderful and mighty name, amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.